0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to One Family Church. We are so thankful that you would join us today. I want to give a special shout out to our brothers at stepping Into the Light Ministries. We love you guys. We're praying for you. We are proud of you, and we're glad you're joining us. Uh, We're glad people are joining us from literally all over the world today. Uh, Wherever you're joining us from, we want to say hey. We want to say welcome. Uh, I want to say thank you to those of you who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. The reality is, what we're finding is that friends and family and colleagues and co workers and ex girlfriends and cousins and brothers and, you know, frenemies are all finding One Family Church through you. Um, thank you for sharing uh, on your Facebook stream. If you are watching today, uh, share this. Uh, and And it, this is one of those things where, like, You know, a lot of times you hear a sermon and you go, well, this isn't really for me, but, you know, I know somebody who needs to hear it. Okay. Well, first of all, it is for you. But second of all, they do need to hear it. So share it uh, on your social media platform. Thank you. We love you guys. And we can't wait to get back together in person and physically. Um, But for now, we're going to lean all the way into this. Okay. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We love you. Um, We are in part two of a series that we launched uh, last Sunday called Get... Fit, Get Fit, Developing a Life of Spiritual Vitality. And this series is based on uh, a scripture from a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, who was a, 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 an elite spiritual athlete. Let's just put it that way. This guy had trained himself uh, in the spirit and developed himself in the spirit, and then he was passing on his wisdom, his knowledge, to a younger uh, pastor a guy named Timothy, one of his protégés, and this is what he wrote to Timothy, and this is the basis for this series. He wrote to Timothy, he said in in 1 Timothy 4, he said, Timothy, train yourself, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, It's, it's good, you know, stay fit physically, it's good. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Train yourself, Timothy. He's saying, look, I want you, yes, I want you to be physically fit, but I really want you to be spiritually fit. Our goal in this series is to help you become an elite spiritual athlete. We want you to be strong, vibrant, and robust spiritually. And, And it's interesting, the word that Paul chooses In this letter, he used the word train. It's in English, it says train. In the Greek, the word is "gymnazo." Gymnazo. it's where we get the word gymnasium. And "gymnazo" means to train with with passionate intensity, as if you are training for an elite spiritual competition. Well, actually, in in the case of ancient Greece, it was in a physical competition. But Paul is saying, this is a one-to-one analogy. I want you to train your spirit like you train your body. And I want you to put your your spirit through the rigor of training like you would if you were training your body towards a a public competition. So I want you to be fit spiritually. And last week, we kind of did an overview of what it means to get fit spiritually and that there are three basic components. There's spiritual nutrition. That's what you put into your soul, right? That's the stuff that you ingest into your soul. There's spiritual exercise. We're gonna talk about that next week. That's the stuff that you exert out of your soul. What, 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 what kind of strain do you put your soul under to strengthen it, uh, to increase your agility and your endurance and your, and your strength uh, and your ability? And then the third component is rest. This is how your spirit recovers. This is how your soul recovers and and refortifies, renews itself. Through rest. So today we're focusing on the first component uh, and that is nutrition and we are going to launch into a sermon today for the next few moments that I am calling emotional eating, emotional eating. So let's take a moment. I want to pray for us and then we're going to dive right into this sermon that I think is going to be extremely helpful for you. Let's pray. Father, we ask today that you would indeed nourish our souls, that we would feast today on your word, that, we would, that our souls would be full uh, after experiencing your word and after tasting and seeing that you are good uh, and, and taking in the spiritual nutrients of your word. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, uh, help us to be strong and vibrant, uh, vital and robust, uh, Lord, I pray for every single person that's watching today that they would experience this in the very heart uh, of their heart. And we pray this to your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So question, how many of you are guilty of at some point in your life, emotional eating? Give us a shout out. Give us a shout out. Give us a shout out on the, on the comments. If you've ever been guilty of emotional eating, emotional eating for those who don't know, like, really? Yeah, you do. But but if you're pretending you don't know, uh, emotional eating is when you try to fill an emotional void with a physical food. Basically, you're not physically hungry, you're emotionally hungry. There's a, there's a soul hunger that you are trying to fill with physical food. Now, um, I, um, I'm going to admit, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I came home... <laughs> And it was one of those, I had had one of those days, it was just a, it was like a straight up lousy day. Like it was a rotten day. There was nothing in particular wrong with the day, but the kind of the whole day just was was, was lousy, right? So um, I come home and I'm feeling all kinds of ways. I'm like, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm just like, I'm feeling it all, you know? I'm in my feelings at this moment. I'm having these, and you know, I don't know if you ever have these days where like, probably you don't because you're more spiritual than me, but, but sometimes you have these days where there's a curse word that's just like right below the spoken word. It wants to come out, but you're Christian and you're, you're, you're trying to hold it in. So, so I'm, in, I'm having that day, right? My grandma, well, years ago, I remember when she, would, when she was really upset, she had a word that it always sounded like she was gonna say a different word, but then she would rein it in at the last second. Uh, and her word was, it was sh- shoot fire. That was her word. My grandma Rome. And, and she would get real mad. Like if she got mad at my grandpa, she'd, she'd say, guy, sh- shoot fire, guy. And like, as a little kid, I just kept, like the whole time it was, sh- the whole time, I'm like, where's she going to go with this? And she always curved it around to the oot fire. And anyway, that's how I was feeling the other day. I was lousy. I was having to shoot Fire day, you know what I mean? And I'm like feeling it. And so I walk into the house and I, I, I like beeline tractor beam to the kitchen. I open the fridge and I'm like just standing in front of the refrigerator. And I must have been standing there for, for a long time because my wife like finally calls out from the, the, the family room. She's like, Babe, are you are you looking for something in particular? And I'm standing in front of the fridge and I go, No. I said, I'm getting ready to do some emotional eating right now. Like I literally called it out in advance. Like I'm feeling a certain kind of way and I'm going to address it by eating. And you know what, man? I tore up that kitchen that day. I had some lucky charms. I, 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 I took down a bowl of pasta, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We had a big thing of cashews that we get from Sam's Club. I'm hammering the cashews. I'm tearing into the Doritos. I'm taking out the Oreos. I'm like clearing it out. And then after it's all done. I go into the family room and I like sink into a semi food coma for, you know, like the next hour. The problem was the 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 food did not actually address the emotional need. I was soul hungry. And it turns out that when you're soul hungry, it doesn't matter how much food you take in, you're still soul hungry when it's over. In fact, um, for me, I got up the next morning and I was like, that did, not, that did not only not take care of the problem, but now I have a new problem, which is I'm so friggin' full that I need to get on my bike and I need to ride like three hours today just to work off the calories that I took in yesterday. The problem is this. Physical food cannot satisfy your soul hunger. Just like spiritual food cannot satisfy your physical hunger. Some of you out there today, I know this about you you are soul hungry your soul your spirit right now is longing for sustenance you are longing for spiritual nutrition you are you are longing you are desiring spiritual nourishment because your soul is hungry you got you got soul hunger now if you're not sure if you've got soul hunger I'm going to show you whether you have soul hunger because there are symptoms to soul hunger there are symptoms to soul hunger. Soul hunger, if you've got soul hunger, these are your symptoms. You're experiencing anger, and this is, this is, this is not hangry. There's the hangry that can be taken care of with a snicker bar. This is not that. This is, this is, this is snicker won't satisfy this anger. This is a, an anger that just kind of stays under the surface. Uh, despairing, you're feeling, you're feeling desolate, you're feeling alone, you're feeling isolated. Um, anxious, you're feeling anxiety. Uh, maybe you're worried about you know, what's going to happen in the future, and so you're just anxious and nervous. Um, irritability, rudeness, apathy. Apathy, you're, you're done. You're like tapped. I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't even care anymore. Um, exhaustion. I know a lot of people are in that state right now. I'm going to talk about rest in a couple weeks. But I know right now a lot of y'all just, you're so tired, right? We're going to talk about that. But you're exhausted. You're, there's a harshness to your tone. Like you say something and you hear yourself and you go, did I really need to say it like that? Uh, or, or, or impulsivity. This is where you're just making decisions. You're just trying to get yourself out of this soul hunger and so you're making decisions that you think are gonna get you out but they actually get you deeper in, right? So this, this is, these are the symptoms of soul hunger. Now, I wanna show you something else because I know a lot of you are experiencing some of this right now. You're somewhere on this list right now. You can find yourself, right? or or if you can't find yourself, believe me, uh, some other people can find you on this list, right? They know what you are, uh, where you are right now. So these are the symptoms of soul hunger. But what happens, what does it look like when our soul is full? The signs of having, of being, what I'm gonna call soulful, right? So soulful, but soulful, right? These are the signs of being soulful, where your soul is filled with with nutrition from the spirit. Uh, You're experiencing love. This This is all from Galatians 5. You're experiencing love, you're experiencing joy. Your soul is full of peace. Your soul is full of patience. You're not irritable, you're not mad all the time. Your soul is full of kindness. Your soul is full of goodness. There's a, there's a joy, there's a pleasure, there's a, a richness to your experience. Your soul is full of faithfulness. You're just gonna stay steady. Uh, your soul is full of gentleness. You're kind and you're tender. Uh, and then rather than being impulsive, you've got self-control this is these are the signs of a of being soul full right And I don't know about you actually I do know about you you want to be on this side. this is where I want to be I want to, I, I want to get out of the soul hunger that all of us experience and I want to experience I want some love in my life and some joy and some peace and patience. this is what I want in my life and I know that you do too so the question then becomes, How do we get from here to here? How do we nourish our soul? How do we put nutrients into our soul so that we are not soul hungry, but we are soul full? Many of you may know the story of the Israelites when they were um, freed from bondage in Egypt. It's a famous story. Uh, where Moses goes down to Egypt and he tells Pharaoh, "Let my people go." And finally, uh, there are a series of plagues, and the final one is, is where, where the Israelites had to put blood on the doorpost. and, um, and, and God would save would save them. And finally the Israelites uh, the Egyptians let the Israelites go. and the Israelites were freed from bondage freed from slavery, left this place of bondage, went out uh, and as they're leaving uh, the, 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 Israel, the Egyptians decide to come after them, they come up to the Red Sea uh, God parts the Red Sea the Israelites come through, uh, brings the Red Sea back together and now the Israelites are free they're no longer in bondage but that's the beautiful part of the story, that's the epic part, right the non-epic part, the part that we don't like is that even though they were freed from bondage, they hadn't quite stepped into the promised land. They were afraid. They, had, they didn't put their faith in God and they were afraid to cross into the promised land. So they spent 40 years wandering. They were in that no man's land, that, that like liminal place where they're neither here nor there. They're, they're neither They're neither in bondage, but they're not in the promised land either. They're kind of like in between. Some of you are there right now. You're in between. We're all there right now in a way, right? Like we're not where we want to be. We're not where we were, but we're not where we want to be. We're kind of in between. And what happened to the Israelites in this stage is they got hungry. They were in the desert and there was no grain. There was no corn. There there, there was no livestock. There was nothing for them to eat. And they got hungry. They got real hungry because they come to Moses and the, the scripture tells us what they said uh, to Moses. They got so hungry hungry that they basically would have preferred to be back in Egypt. Scripture says uh, that they come to Moses, and this is what they say to Moses, Moses, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, because at least in Egypt, they said, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. You ever have that experience where you're in a bad situation, so you start to romanticize a previous bad situation? Like you're struggling in the situation you're in right now, and rather than just address it and confront it, you, you start to think about how much better it was, but it actually wasn't better. You just are kind of like misremembering it. This is what they're doing. They're like, we used to sit around and eat pots of meat back when we were slaves. Of course, they didn't sit around eating pots of meat. They're just romantic. like you're, in a, you're, in a, you're struggling in your relationship and then you romanticize a past bad relationship. Or you're struggling on your job, and you go, man, my old job was so much better. Well, it wasn't when you were there, right? Or, or you're living in a place, and you're struggling to make friends or new community, and you're, you're romanticizing and fantasizing about where you used to be. That's what they're doing. They're saying it would have been better if we would have been back in, in Egypt. We used, to, we used to be able to eat all the food we wanted, but you brought us out into the desert, they say, to starve this entire assembly to death. Moses, you're bringing us out here and you are starving us to death. Finally, if you keep reading in the story, God sends manna from heaven. And the manna is this sort of, sort of a crispy kind of wafer, a honey flavored wafer. And they're all over the ground. And and God says, I want you every day to go out and get the manna. I don't want you to get two days worth of manna. I just want you to get one day of manna. And I want you to come out every day and I want you to get the manna and they start eating the manna and they are filled. Now the question that I have is, well, why didn't God just give them the manna out of the gate? Why did they have to go through this period of hunger? Why did they have to get to the point where they're like, we'd rather be in bondage, we'd rather be enslaved than be out here and be hungry? Why did, why did they have to go through that? The scripture tells us in Deuteronomy chapter eight, and this is, this is such a powerful, I want you to get this, okay? this is extremely important for you, to, for you to grasp. Because what happens here is, is God is saying, look, I fed you manna, but I actually had a bigger purpose. I fed your belly, but I'm actually trying to communicate something bigger than your belly. And here's what it says. Moses says to them, God allowed you to hunger. He allowed you to hunger. And then he fed you with manna. Why? So that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, there's a bigger picture going on in the story, and there's a bigger picture going on in your life. God is trying to communicate something to you. He wants you to know that, yes, it's important to to eat well and to have good nourishment and and food And that's important and and that's, it's important. But there's something even more important than that. And that is, I want to feed your soul. If you want to experience soulfulness, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, long suffering, all that self-control, you want to experience that instead of anxiety, anger, despair, then the scripture is teaching us in the word of God that you need to feast your soul on the word of God. You gotta feast your soul on the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I need somebody to admit something this morning. I want you to admit, give us a shout out in the comments. If you have a bag of salad in your refrigerator right now, that is slowly wilting to death. Just let us know, just give us a holler, just give us a shout. You know you do, it's, it might be kale, it might be spinach, it might just be lettuce, we don't know, but you've got, a, you've got a big old nutritious bag of salad somewhere on some lower part of your fridge just dying and wilting on the vine. And, and every time you go into the grocery store you think to yourself, you know, I think, I'm gonna need, uh, I think I'm gonna need some of that salad, that looks good and nutritious. And you go to the grocery store and you get it, you bring it home, And you stick it there on the shelf and you kind of forget and pretty soon it goes bad, right? This is what we do spiritually. We tune in on Sunday morning. We get some good word, right? And we say to ourselves, you know what? I'm going to take this home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to start reading the scripture. I'm going to get my daily nutrition. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get my vitamins and minerals spiritually. But then we stick it on the lower shelf, right? And it gets dusty. It just gets dusty and we forget about it. I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today to begin eating daily from God's word. Eating daily. This is what God told him, he said, I want you to go out every morning and get the manna. And don't get the manna for tomorrow morning, just get the manna for this morning. Give us this day our daily bread. I wanna encourage you and I wanna challenge you to begin a process of spiritually nourishing your soul, eating from God's word daily. And i want to give you, I'm gonna give you like super practical, applicable ways to do it. Number one, pick one of these babies up, crack it open, and just start reading it every day. Um, If you need a Bible, we will send you a Bible. Give us a connection card or put it in the comments or somehow communicate with us. We will send you a Bible. Um, But we also want to make it simple for you. Uh, On our our website, we actually have um, three different ways for you to take in, ingest the Word of God. For those of you who are visual learners, we have Con- we have video content, video Bible studies, video scriptures, literally thousands of hours of content where you can soak in the Word of God visually. For those of you who are an auditory learner like me, um, we have audio podcasts on our website. If you go to onefamilychurch.com and then click under worship, go on the scripture page, and you'll, you'll have links to all of this. I listen to Kirk Whalem's uh, Bible in Your Ear podcast every day because um, I'm an auditory learner. I, I learn by hearing, right? So if that's, your, if that's your learning style, uh, we have a way for you to learn. Uh, if you're more of a kinesthetic learner where you wanna read the words or, or journal or write the words, uh, we have um, apps and we have uh, links to, to uh, read through the Bible in a year program, all kinds of different programs for you to use. But the goal is that you are going to, let me, let me get you a zoom in on this, to daily get the nourishment the healthy food of God's word. This is like nourishment. This is like nutrition for your soul. But let me go just a little bit deeper because we all know that nutrition is not just what you eat. It's also what you avoid, right? It's not just what you take in. It's what you keep out, right? So I do urge you to feast your soul on the word of God but also you need to fast your soul from the, the food of the world. Fast your soul from the food of the world. Fasting means don't take it in, don't eat it. Because the, the reality is you can, you can spend your morning soaking in the word of God, taking in the nourishment of God's word, and then if you spend your evening doom scrolling on Twitter or, 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 or binge watching some questionable show on Netflix, or spending a, a, a time on Twitter wars, or taking in a lot of negativity, you can undermine the nutrition that you took in uh, by bringing in some garbage that needs to stay out. You can, you can eat all of the nutrition and all of the good stuff that you want, but then if you start pulling in the, the french fries and the burgers and the cakes and the hot Cheetos, I, I hate to make you hungry, but man, uh, the the peanut the chocolate covered imminent you start pulling this stuff in right through you know I, I, listen I'm a pro technology I want you to get on YouTube Instagram Facebook I want you to do all that Twitter but you can soak in a lot of junk into your soul by by getting on uh, Twitter and just doom scrolling by getting into Facebook battles with your friends by spending time in the gossip columns and it, it's, it, can just, it can just be toxic for your soul. I've got a food app on my phone. That food app not only tells me what nutrition I'm getting, my macronutrients, my proteins, my carbohydrates, but I don't know about you, I actually need to know what not to bring in. I need to know when to restrict what comes in. For some of you today, you're, you're, you're getting a little bit of this, you're getting a little bit of the nutrition, you're reading a little bit of the scripture, you're soaking in a little bit of God's word, but then you're coming over here and pounding the cheeseburgers and the fries of, of, the, of the world, and it is messing you up spiritually. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question. Why is it that for so many of us, this looks more appealing than that? Why does the junk food seem like it's more appealing than this good, healthy nutrition food? Why is that? I'm gonna just I'm gonna go deep with you for a minute. The reality is that generations ago, your ancestors and my ancestors were probably subsistence farmers or they were hunter-gatherers. They, they were the kinds of people who had to fight to get a piece of food. And so they developed in their brain and in their body a, a, a scarcity mentality. They had to take in as much nutrient, as much fat, sugar, as much as they could whenever they could get it because they didn't know if they were going to eat tomorrow. That is a part of our body and a part of our brain. So when we see this, our body goes, you better eat all this because you don't know if you're going to eat tomorrow. Now, we know we're going to eat tomorrow, uh, but we still have developed a scarcity mentality with respect to food, and we've developed a scarcity mentality with respect to the food of the Spirit. What God is trying to say to us is that this is enough. I want you to feast on the Word of God. I want you to derive your nourishment here, man cannot live by bread alone, but you can live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm enough. You don't need all of this other stuff. You, 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 your soul is longing to be filled with stuff, and you're filling it with stuff that can't fill you. You're filling it with stuff that will make your life full of anger and bitterness and anxiety. You're filling it with that. I want you to fill it with this. So I want you to take time to feast your soul on the Word of God. And I want you to be cognizant that you are fasting your soul from the food of the world. But I'm going to take it one step deeper and then I'm going to close. We can get caught in a trap. I, b- believe me, I want you to do the things that I'm, that I'm challenging you to do and that the scripture's is calling us to do. I want you to feast your soul on the Word of God daily. And I want you to fast your soul from the food of the world Daily, I want you to stay away from that. But what can happen is this: if we begin to believe that this practice or this discipline or this program is going to make us valued, loved, uh, and, and 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 worth something in God's eyes, then we're getting it mixed up. So, in other words, I want you to do what I'm asking you to do. And some of you are like, "Let me sign me up for the program. I'm ready to go for it." But the problem is, if you think the program is, is going to give you value or worth in God's eyes, then you are missing the point altogether because there's two lies that you can fall into. One is cocky and one is condemned. Maybe you're somebody who's like, look, I'm reading the Bible every day. I've got my Bible app. I've got my earbuds. I'm listening to Kirk Whalem's. I'm, I'm doing it all, right? And I never miss. And you can become hypocritical and prideful. Because you've got your program so dialed in. You can become cocky. On the other hand, some of you, when you fail, you start, you see, you watch something you shouldn't have watched, you get engaged with something you shouldn't have got engaged with, you get involved with, you know, some kind of toxic food of the world on on social media or on the internet, and you take it in and you go, you know what, I'm not worth anything. Right? I'm condemned. I might as well just give up. The reality is that Jesus Jesus is never saying to you, your value, your worth is based upon your spiritual performance. In fact, I want to read you one last scripture, and then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to close. Because there's a moment where Jesus, in the scripture teaches, he, he, he was feeding a, a multitude of 5,000. There, were, All these people had gathered together from the hills and he was teaching them and they were hungry and he took five loaves and two fishes and he multiplied it and he fed all of these people. And then he decided to go and, and spend some time alone but the people came and they sought him out. And they came to him and they said, Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires? In other words, Jesus, how do we get fit spiritually? What do we do That God, what do we do to do what God requires of us? Jesus answered, he said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. In other words, here's the work. Put your trust in me. Put your faith in me. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? How can you show us that that's what we need to do? What's the sign? Now he had literally just fed 5,000, but they still wanted another sign. What will you do? They said, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So, so our ancestors, Moses gave our ancestors manna from heaven. What are you going to do? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread. We want what you're talking about. We want that spiritual nourishment. We want that soul sustenance because we're soul hungry. Give us that bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread. I'm the bread of life. I'm all you need. Put your trust in me. Put your faith in me. Put your hope in me. Because whoever comes to me will never Go hungry. Today, I want to just close by saying to those of you who are soul hungry today, God is enough. Yes, feast your soul. Feast your soul on the word of God. Yes, fast your soul from the food of the world. But I want to just leave you with this. Fortify your soul with the faithfulness of God. It's his faithfulness, not your faithfulness that's gonna fortify your soul, that's gonna strengthen your soul. Trust in him, put your trust in him. Some of you today may not be believers. You may not be followers of Jesus or maybe you're nominally there and you're hearing this and something about this sermon today is saying to you, I want that, I want a life of peace and, and love and joy and patience, I want that. And I'm experiencing anxiety and despair and irritability and harshness. And I want the good stuff. My soul is hungry. Jesus is the bread of life. Put your trust in him. Today, if you wanna take a step in the direction of experiencing Christ, experiencing Jesus as the bread of life, let us know. You can put it on a connection card. There's a a link in the description uh, on YouTube and Facebook and on our website, there's a link for a connection card. Fill it out and just say, hey, I wanna make a commitment to follow Jesus. Uh, today, maybe the step for you is uh, to come to Next Steps. We're offering steps three and four um, of, our, of our Next Steps ministry today. This is where we, we're growing spiritually. We're discovering our gifts. We're learning how to serve others, make a difference in the lives of others. That's gonna be at uh, 11.15 Central Time today. There's a Zoom link in the description. I'm gonna be there and lead you through that. Join us for that. Uh, maybe, maybe for some of you, you're more mature followers of Jesus and you wanna help feed other people the bread of life. Uh, We're offering Life Group Leader Training today at 1115 Central. There's a link in the description. Just whatever it is, take a step today to get your soul full with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, so that you're not walking around soul hungry, soul undernourished, soul malnourished. Take the step today. I'm going to close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord God, for uh, your word. We thank you for the sustenance, the nourishment of the scripture. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, feeding us that spiritual manna. We thank you for being the bread of life. God, we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. Um, We put our faith in you today. We ask, Lord God, that you would fill us, strengthen us, that we might go out and serve others, that we might extend your mission and extend your vision to not only our, our homes and our church, but Lord, our community, our nation, and our world. We give you all the glory. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.